ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. Good evening, folks. Nick McVicker here in a very special, odd, weird episode, weird day, weird time but necessary at this point in time. Uh, I'm joined by, obviously, my co-host through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone, Irfan Manji. Irfan, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, special episode for everyone listening. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and it's kind of a, ne- a necessary one at this point. Um, I didn't think we would have much to talk about other than the NFL draft this weekend. Well, turns out there's a lot to talk about in the soccer world, and I didn't think we were going to get to Saturday with it still being as relevant as it is. This Super League com- conversation, Irfan, we got to talk about this. We got to get our thoughts out there. We got to get ahead of the curve. So we're, let's jump right into it. I'm going to break down the Super League. What what has kind of happened over the last 24, 48 hours that's kind of come out, and uh, then we'll kind of give our opinions on it. So right away, Sunday morning, well, I guess Sunday morning slash afternoon. Um, this super league committee comes out and says, yep, 12 teams have signed on. We have three more ready to go. Uh, we're basically going to form our own champions league where these 15 founding clubs will be exempt from promotion relegation. So they will always be there and we will see what happens after that. Uh, the other five teams we will have to find places for, but it will be a 20 team tournament. Well, UEFA was not too happy with that. And uh, they came out with a statement basically saying that any, t- any team and any player that participates in this so-called Super League will be banned from all other competitions. So that means domestic leagues, domestic cups, intercontinent or continental cups, so Champions League, Europa League, as well as the players being banned from playing international soccer. So they will not be able to play for their countries. Um, Fans are not too happy about it. And Irfan, I want to get your opinion based off of just what we saw yesterday. We'll get into some of the stuff that's also come out later today, but we'll start with what we saw yesterday, your initial reaction to the story about the Super League and what it entails. Well, the first thought that came to mind, and I think maybe you'll agree with me, is this is a money grab. I just thought the one word, and it's greed. Greed and money, right? Two words there. Um, but th- those were the, the two words that I, I, I sort of thought that, okay, they're, why on earth are the best teams? And they are the best teams in the world. Don't get me wrong. Revenue-wise, player personnel-wise, uh, ability to bring fans in. Like, you have to admit that these are probably the best teams that have ever come out for, currently. Like, they're the best. Um, aside from maybe, you know, a couple of German teams and a French team that did not announce joining this. But, you know, you're, you're looking at, to me ways that are that these big clubs just need to make more money and it doesn't seem to me like it's a soccer move it looks to me like it's a business deal and that's what i think frustrates me as a fan going i support my club through thick and thin but to me this doesn't seem like it's the interest of fans this seems to me like guys at the top and we've talked about this before 
various different ownerships worrying about their capital and not worrying about how the hell, like what makes your team run? And it's the fans. What happens when fans stop, you know, putting money or investing money into your club? Um, but they think that that's not going to impact them. So why the hell not? And we also have to mention that this is being backed by JP Morgan, Chase and Co. Um, okay. And uh, I need to read this word for word. The estimated earnings would be fixed for would be fixtures signing up to be a proposed Super League are at least $425 million. Um, each of the teams would be permit permanent members of the proposed Super League are being promised that that amount uh, to sign up. So they're getting paid to join this league, $425 million, Mm -hmm. the teams. But the big thing that I'm noticing is that uh, like all of the English clubs that are joining are backed by either North American people Mm -hmm. who grew up with the, let's be honest, all the North American leagues are super leagues. It's just the way it is. The NHL is a super league. It's the best players in the world playing for the best clubs. The NBA is a Super League, best players in the world playing for the best clubs. NFL, Super League, best players in the world playing for the best clubs. Just the way it is. The North American system, we are, we are very lucky in North America to be able to watch that. But the difference is they're not really competing with any other clubs. They were never competing with other clubs at, at really any time. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, there was a bunch of different hockey leagues. They amalgamated into one, Right. At one point, there was two or two basketball leagues. They amalgamated into one, the ones that could survive, right? Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. We're not seeing that here. This is the elite of the elite trying to separate and play more games. That's what they wanted to do. They were not planning to get banned from domestic leagues. They were not planned on getting banned from Champions League. They wanted to play Champions League as well, which doesn't make sense to me. Um. Or possibly this was going to just replace Champions League in their heads. It really isn't clear. I think the way I've been reading stuff is it's coming out that they were wanting to play Champions League as well. Mm -hmm. So then my question becomes, what does this do for the rest of the Champions League and the rest of the leagues? We can go league by league, really, but we're EPL guys. Let's start in the EPL. If these six clubs, because let me run through the 12 clubs that are uh, proposedly joining this, and it's... They're big-name clubs. We've already said that. You're looking at Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real from the from La Liga, and then AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus from uh, the Italian league, Serie A. If six clubs leave the EPL, the EPL is not the same league that we've grown to love, you and me. It is not the same league. It is a different league. Not a bad league in any stretch of the imagination. We were talking about this off air. It becomes true English soccer where these guys are going to go and play their hearts out, which is kind of nice for us to see. But you lose the revenue of the big six. Not the the top six. Let's make that very clear. Two of these teams are currently outside of the top six in the EPL. One of them is barely hanging on to the top ten, in my opinion. I don't know if they'll stay in the top ten for the rest of the year. Arsenal. Yeah, but they'll be around. They'll be around the, mm-hmm. the 10th spot. What happens moving forward with the EPL? Well, I mean, you look at the, the big six that we're saying, not the top six, the big six, and you said revenue. Again, it's about money. It's about what 
gets marketed and how fans come into the game. If you ask a lot of people what drew you into EPL, it's Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. And recent years, City and, and Spurs, of course. But it's those four main teams. You're taking that away. Um, it's going to be that that sort of drive that, you know, we talked about this on Saturday where I said it's times are changing, where clubs are starting to, to rotate around and we're going to see new powerhouses or new, new champions sort of emerge. Um, we saw that in the mid-90s. It's going to happen again. The problem or the difference this time is that this isn't because, you know, there's rotation and players are realizing that they need to move or move on and go to different clubs. This is happening because of a Super League. So this is nothing we've seen before. Well, potentially. So, potentially. So this is something we haven't seen before. It isn't just the normal changing of the guard. This is an actual, hey, we're going to pluck the six best teams that bring money, bring the best players, bring the best fans. And now we're going to see the likes of, no, no offense, but like, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Leeds aren't the same powerhouse teams they were 30 years ago or 25 years ago. Um, they're still big names in English football, but they're not the same. So yeah. that that's the problem is it's going to take a while for the EPL English soccer to resurface and be better or be at that level that we want it to be. And, and that's no knock to English soccer because we've seen the way Burnley plays with the, we, we saw the way Sheffield United played last season. There's some good soccer players in the country. There's some good talent in the country. It's just, we're going to see a bit of a split and a bit of a gap. Yeah. The other thing, that's the problem. The other thing we could see is there's a potential that the players won't want to play in this super league for, for the concern about losing international play. Um, but in order to play at these smaller clubs, they're going to have to take a pay cut. Like, is that something that we realistically see these players doing? Uh, like, no offense, I don't see a player like Pogba doing that. I don't see a player like um, – I'm trying to think of another good example. Pogba's the one that always comes to mind. I don't see a player like Neymar doing that. I know his team's not technically listed, but, like, I don't see those – I don't see those kind of players doing it. Could I see a player like Bruno Fernandez doing that? Potentially, because he he seems to truly love the game, and based on his comments, it seems like that's the case. Um, but guys, I, personally, the way I look at it is that players from South America love playing international soccer, right? Mm-hmm. They love playing for the Brazilians love playing for Brazil. The Argentinians love playing for Argentina, right? You get yep. that kind of love for the English players too. They love to play for the English squads, right? There's some countries, though, that I think there's the players are like, yeah, if I get to play for my country, it's fine. But I'm not dead set on playing for my country all the time. So they might be the ones who become the elite of the elite playing in this Super League. But the other guys, like, I, I don't I don't see Bruno Fernandez playing in this league personally. And if that's the case, is he going to take is he willing to take the pay cut necessary to play for a top level EPL squad after the big six are out? Is he willing to take a pay cut to go play for Leeds or Villa or Everton or Leicester, right? Mm-hmm. Leicester probably is okay. They might be able to still pay for people just because they've played Champions League the last few years, right? Yep. They have the revenue from the recent years. Everton might as well Everton. to bring in a couple big names. But outside of that, you're not going to see the same pay cuts, right? No, I think you're you're spot on with that. But the, the other thing is you mentioned it earlier, it's certain countries like the South American countries, some European countries, these players thrive on playing for their country. Um, 
you see Ronaldo and I'll give him an example just because I know he makes the most money and there's been talks that he doesn't ever want to take a pay cut. But for him, the winning a trophy with Portugal is just as important as winning the Champions League. So is he someone who's at the tail end of his career willing to go to a smaller club or let's say RB Leipzig, for example, or Borussia Dortmund, who are not in the are, Super League who currently. Who are listed in. <laughs> who aren't. Well, we're we'll going to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're assume they're not. Would he be willing to go and play with a bunch of firecracking youngsters that are just brilliant? Oh, absolutely. And, and just, sure. You know what I mean? So there's there's a bunch of options like that. But I, I do think that taking away international football for a lot of these players, like you can ask Paul Pogba as well. And I know it's about pay and cuts and all that stuff. But he's have you seen him play and how happy he is playing for the national team yeah to represent the team's been good recently and united at that point were awful but it's the it, you see a lot of these players go off to their their national teams and actually enjoy playing for it yeah. um you know like trent alexander arnold didn't get called up uh recently what did he do he had a, a freaking amazing game the next game and just proved it that hey i want to play for my country so we're gonna have cases like that yeah a hundred percent i agree with you and I, it's it's going to be an issue, and we've seen some players, we've seen some managers speak out, and I want to play a couple of clips for you. So this was uh, Jurgen Klopp after today's game. Um, Liverpool played Leeds today and Monday. Um, this episode will probably come out Tuesday, but uh, he played. they played Monday. After the game, he was asked a couple questions about the, uh, the whole thing, and this is what he had to say. We touched on beforehand the T-shirts that the Leeds players were warming up in. In the end, was that an added source of motivation for the players? Well, I just don't think it's right. Um, because they, they put in our, in our dressing room, and I, I know everybody knows what, what is the idea behind I don't think, um, I don't think we deserve that, to be honest, and as a team, as um, that, we, that we just that people bring us in this kind of situations. So I, I don't like the way, like... Um, a lot of people are now talking about Liverpool. This football club is a fantastic football club with millions and millions of supporters. They may might not like the, the, the things what came up now, but in this specific moment, we cannot we cannot um, blame the team um, for that because I take the criticism for everything. I take it for really if we don't play well, if we I feel responsible for these kind of things, and, and the players do the same. Um, but, but this we have nothing to do, to be honest. And now we. People write articles about um, whatever what they should do with us as a club, and they mean us as well. And when we came here, the, the supporters were shouting at us. When we had a walk today, people were shouting at us in, in the city. You all have to be a little bit careful. We are we are, we are people as well. Those are strong words. Uh, I know the beginning was a little confusing. Uh, the Leeds players had these T-shirts basically put on, and actually the Liverpool squad had them as well. I just don't think the Liverpool team wore them. Um, but basically saying, like, you can't buy us, like, we're, we're playing for the love of the game sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember exactly what they said. So that was what the beginning comment was. But he was making comments off of a bunch of other people. And he actually went on to talk about Gary Neville um, making comments about Liverpool and United. Neville actually responded. And I want to play his response if that's okay with you, Urfan. Um, of course. I, I think this is also a very valid thing. And he made it very clear that he thinks it's not cool. Regardless, let's listen into what uh, Gary Neville had to say. Gary, you did have, um, we did sort of try and clear this up before the game tonight, but he said there again about uh, you talking about the anthem yesterday, that it's not fair that you should continue to talk about it in that way. Why? Why is it not fair? Well, he says you don't understand it. I mean, I've had enough insult, insults out all the years to Liverpool. Yesterday was nothing to do with insulting Liverpool Football Club. I don't know why I'm living in his head, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what spiked him. 
Yesterday was the impassioned plea from me about football and protecting football in this country that my biggest disappointment was with Manchester United and Liverpool. And I think I've equally distributed enough criticism to both clubs in the last 24 hours. So I don't know what his problem is. Um, he talks about a hot seat. Um, I had a 25-year career at Manchester United, 11-year career at Sky. And I worked hard for that. I've not been handed it. I've not gone where the most money is. I didn't have choices. Solis Ferguson didn't sort of say, Gary, do you want to stay here every single year? So I have no idea what he's going on about employing 600 people in a city. I tried to look after him through a pandemic. Is that not a hot enough seat for him? He's done a great job at Liverpool. I've got no problem with Jurgen Klopp. I love this team. But the fact of the matter is, he's spiky. He's, he's been let down by his owners. His owners have thrown him under a bus. That man actually, to be fair, we're on the same page. We're actually on the same team. But the fact of the matter is, he can't say what he wants to say. And I can. And I accept that. Because the Jurgen Klopp that we know, that you know, and the Liverpool fans know, he hates every single little thing about this. As he said More himself. than I do, more than you do. Because he goes against everything in his life that he's believed in. And he can't, and he's been let down. He's been let down by his owners. And some of those players at Liverpool, I've got nothing else those players at Liverpool, they're unbelievable these last few years. So strong words from a United fan. <laughs> Sorry, not a United fan. Former United player who is obviously affiliated with the club just because of his history. It's amazing to hear these guys talk. And they both said the same thing is that they, you know, Liverpool, the players were blindsided. That's what Klopp said. They were, they had nothing to do with these negotiations. They did not sign this contract with the Super League. They didn't know about it until Sunday. That's a problem. The United squad that played Sunday didn't know about this deal until just before kickoff. That's a problem. These clubs are being managed by owners who are making this decision without consulting anybody else. They're just doing this because they think it's the most financially responsible thing to do. And Neville there, obviously there was a little bit about going at Klopp, which I, I almost didn't want to play, but it was part of a bigger clip and I just played it all the way through. It was the end part. They're on the same page. Him and Klopp are fighting for the same thing, Irfan. Mm -hmm. They are fighting to prove to the fact that this game is for the fans. This Don't forget, English soccer used to be elite of the elite. You realize that. This was like 200 years ago. It was elite of the elite. Mm -hmm. And then we saw working class teams from working class cities with no financial backing other than the people who played on the team. All of a sudden start doing well. Man United was not an elite club. They were a working class club when they started. They also had a different name, and I always forget what it is, and I kind of wish I knew it off the top of my head. Is it Salford? Something like that. Regardless, yeah. they were a working class club who have become an elite. Right? It's the way it is. That's the way the English game has always worked. You can work your way up. Did you find it? Yeah, New he Newton Heath. Newton Heath, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. I knew it wasn't Selford. It was something like... No, because Selford exists currently. Yeah. Newton yeah Heath, sorry, back right? to your point. No, but you get my point. This game has always been about the fans. It's always been about the working class players who grew this game to what it is today. Right? 
to be a permanent job for a lot of players. This wasn't a permanent job for players back in the day. This was a game that they played for fun. And every once in a while, they won a tournament and won a little bit of money. That's it. That's all it was. And now these guys are getting paid millions and millions of pounds, I guess, in England, but dollars. It's the way the world works. And now you're going to take away the fan bases because let's be honest. If these teams play and over half of your games are not in country where travel is pretty cheap, like a train ride across England is 30 bucks, Mm. something along those lines, 45 maybe. You could travel to those games. You can't travel to Spain every other week and and uh, Italy every third week. It's just not possible. People don't have unless you are the rich of the rich, which obviously this is what it's entailing, you're not you don't have the money to be going to all of the away matches like you have been for the past bunch of years in England because you could afford it. I know Even plane then. tickets aren't expensive in Europe. I I, I understand mm-hmm. that, but with Brexit it could cause a little bit of problem. But still, they're not expensive. But it's not like a train ticket. You can't drive to Spain in a day. You can pretty much drive across the country in a day in England. You could. Am I wrong? Probably cheaper, too. <laughs> it's cheaper. Yeah. Exactly. That's my yeah. point. All you have to pay for is tickets. Yeah. You can't do that. You're taking that away from fans. You are t- completely taking it away from fans, Irfan. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to make that money that they keep talking about. You know, like like you said, if fans can't come, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of fans that have the money or the ability and the capability of getting there. But what's going to happen to the working class that wants to head out there and watch it, support their team? They're able to get one one game a year and they and then just can't get to it. Um, are they expecting, I don't know, what's it called? Are they expecting um, TV rights to buy into this? Are they expecting the zone to pick this up? Are they expecting one football or whoever it is to pick it up? I like there's no there's no plan past this except for the fact that here's the money we're given to these teams, and this is what we expect to make back by this 23 year plan of ours that these teams can't leave. So what exactly is going on? Some shady. You, you named you nailed it on the head. Well, no, they thought they were still going to be able to play in their leagues. Right, so they thought they were going to get the revenue still from their domestic league. They thought they were going to get all of this extra revenue from this Super League. And possibly also from Champions League, which is ridiculous. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about your sound or phone. I texted you. Don't, don't worry about that. It's, it's all good. Uh, I don't get it. And we heard that was a manager. That was a pundit. How about a player who's not even on a team that's in this? Patrick Bamford, after the game today, had a great comment in his post-game presser. I'm going to play it now as well. Okay, Arafon? Yeah. Obviously, the last 24 hours have been dominated by this talk of the Super League. Have the players, have the Leeds players, have much chance to absorb it, to discuss it at all? Um, we've just seen pretty much what everyone else has seen on Twitter and stuff, and it's, it's amazing just, like, the things that they're talking about. I can't quite comprehend them. I mean, it's just it's, it's amazing the amount of uproar as well that that comes into the game when somebody's pockets are being hurt. Mm. So it's a shame it's not like that with all the things that that go wrong mm. at the minute and some racism and stuff like that. Mm. But it's just how it is at the minute. Good point. At times like this, does it is it a real distraction to players? Something like this. Um, 
I don't think so. I think it's something that we talk about, but um, once you're on the pitch, you're not thinking about what's going on outside, outside the ground and things like that. It's just uh, we're like fans, really, and everyone else just can't believe it and talking about it, don't know what's going to happen, and uh, in shock. Talking about on the pitch, the players did wear these t-shirts, didn't they, in the warm-up? Yeah. How important was it to make a point? Do you feel? I think that. For me personally, what I've seen on, on Twitter and in the news, I haven't seen one football fan who's happy about the decision. And I think football ultimately is because and it's for the fans. So without the fans, every single club would be pretty much nothing. So I think that it's important that we stand our ground and show that football is for the fans and try and keep it that way. Powerful words. Powerful words from Patrick Bamford. And he's slowly becoming a fan favourite. Um, across the league, I would say, um, not just Leeds fans. But he nailed it on the head. Look at all the drama this created in 24 hours. People were up in arms. There was protests across England. Uh, it's incredible. And yet, two weeks ago, when there was racist comments sl- swung at a Valencia player, No one batted an eyelash in UEFA. No one said anything. He's right. I don't like the way he worded it. Because he said racism and things. Kind of just seems like another thing that he threw on the table. But that was the one that he pulled out. But he's not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just tough to listen to him talk about how important this is to the fans. And the fact that he said, I haven't seen a single fan who's been in support of this. Says a lot, especially because he's over in England. We're not in England. We're in Canada. We are pretty much completely separated from what happened over there. But we know. We know how big this is. So what did you make of Bamford's comments there, Irfan? Um, I think, first of all, I really liked how he talked about racism a little bit. I mean, obviously, he didn't get probed by the the interview too much. But um, you're right. Like, we've seen so many moments of racism get swept under the rug. I mean... Coach Weibo of Istanbul, uh, Besiktas. I always say their name wrong, but Besiktas. like that. Thank you. Their, 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 their coach was subjected to racism by an official. And what's going on? It's a quiet investigation. I haven't heard about it since. No. Nope. Um, it's gone. Um, you talk about players in the stands, like Raheem Sterling being an example who gets monkey chants at him. Uh, Martial had a rough last week or the two weeks when he was playing, and he got that Axel Tuanze Bay. You know, there's so many players that get through this, but all it does is gets hidden away after a day. The fact that we are seeing people rile up over this fact, it, it means that if you actually put your mind and fight for something, I swear to God, you're going to see people make a change or people be afraid to make that step. Um, and and, and we see we scaring them enough to, <laughs> to stop them, though. No, but I mean, I think if we take a collective effort at, at trying to put a stop to all this and, and and, you know, like the same energy level that we're seeing fans on Twitter sort of jump on things, then you know what? I think we'd create a better world to begin with. But anyway, that's not the point of the the, the conversation today. I think the point is um, he's not wrong. If fans are the ones bringing your revenue, bringing in your culture, bringing in the fact that you are who you are because of your fan base, um, how do you not include them in anything? How do you not have a conversation to think about their their topic? And and I'll, I'll do a little shout of myself here, but I wrote a paper on fans and fanatics in, in a third year 
class and and it was all about what makes a fan tick what gets the fan riled up and it's all about the world of the fan being played in front of them you're seeing a spectacle and without that spectacle bringing in money you can't pay your players you can't play your actors which are your players you can't play the director or the producer right if there's nobody in your audience how the hell are you making money oh okay we have to admit as much as we don't want to admit these games are going to get watched. If they form this, <laughs> they gonna, yeah, if, if they form this Super League, they're going to get watched. But of will course. it be watched at the level that they expect it to be watched? That's that's where my thing is. I don't think they will after the first four games, because the best part about Champions League is you get to see the top league, the top teams from each league play each other once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not seeing them play twelve times. The teams that you get to see play 12 times are the ones in your domestic league, which is the whole point. Like, why would you subject it to the fact that, oh, eventually you're going to play the same team four or five times a year? Like, what's the point of that? What is that? What benefit does that have to you? Because um, the headline of the headline of Manchester United playing Barcelona at, at Old Trafford, for example, brings in that. Wow, Ula I don't care. Liverpool and Everton is way bigger to me. I get it, right? I get Real, it. No, I know what you're Real saying. Real Barca is bigger to me than a Man U Barca game. I know Real's in this Super League, right? But I would much rather watch that. I would much rather watch a Bayern Dortmund game than a random Barcelona United game in the middle of the season that doesn't actually have any. Advancement. They're not going to get relegated, right? They're not getting relegated. They're not. What's, what's the? No, what the hell's the implication? There's no risk. It's a friendly at that point, right? And it's been talked about in MLS being there's no pro- promotion relegation, and people have been very pissy pissed about that. I'm not going to say pissy, mm-hmm. but they've been pissed about that because there have been some awful teams in the MLS that deserve to go down. Mm-hmm. And we've been having that conversation for how long now, Irfan? 20 years 15 years let's let's be yeah. i'll be i'll be a little bit nicer let's say 15 years 15 years of that the mls has only been around for 25 30 so half of its existence people have already been complaining about it like come on this is the issue and the best part about those races at the end of the season, the promotion relegation races, the Champions League spots, is that teams try their ass off at the beginning of the year because there's still relevant games. Mm-hmm. If you have 15 teams that can't be promoted or can't be relegated, that means the other five teams are gone the next year regardless. No, that's what it means. It, it, but it makes zero sense. This is just the way to So to why would you want to be one spot. of those five teams? Let's say, let's say Everton and Leeds and Villa are now the top team in EPL the, the year that the Super League starts, right? Mm-hmm. One of them has to go play in the Super League. I'm assuming one invited. Yeah. No, but I'm going to assume that the invites will be the champion from the year before. Right. From the top five leagues. So we're talking EPL, right. La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, and the French Liga. Liga. Assuming that those two also join in, right? Maybe they add, if they don't, then they have two teams from the EPL, two teams from Spain, whatever. Yeah. La Liga, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you want to be one of those teams? Because that means you have to drop out the next year. 
That means you have to go back to your domestic league. So you get one year playing against the elite teams. Yeah. And, and then you go back to $425 million bonus, which is great. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome because you get to add players. But then you go back, play the domestic league, win it again, and then you're right back up anyway. It's just going to be an up and down for a bunch of those teams. That's just not cool. That's honestly like Norwich in the EPL. They're up, then they're down. They're up, then they're down. So you get this big influx of cash. You go out and spend it on players. And then you get sent down, and you're not making the same money. So you have to sell all those players anyway. They're going to get reprimanded. That's the thing. If you take the the invite, you're going to get reprimanded if you try to come back the year after. You might not even get to play next year. If that's how they're going to... That's a whole other issue. I'm assuming that they're, they're going to be allowed to play or whatever. Right? No, but I mean, if the FAs right now are are so but they're not allowing enough. them to play if they played in the in it that season, right? So that's yeah. like we'll have to see how that plays out. We don't know how that will play out, so that's a whole yeah. other issue. I'm just I'm going off of the hypothetical that they're allowed to play. Right, it's still a mess. I would not want to. I would reject the invite. I would say no. We we want nothing to do with that. We just won the league. We're gonna to try to repeat. Why would we go and play in that league when we're gonna get sent back down to this one in a year? What's the point? Mm-hmm. What is the point? There's literally no incentive for the other five teams, and there's no incentive for the fifteen or right now twelve teams that are founding members because you get nothing. You don't get a Champions League spot. You don't get any League Cup spots you can't get relegated there's no need for those games so let's say Leeds goes up they're the only team that has anything to play for because they kind of have to try to prove themselves they win the whole thing and still get sent down that's awful it it just seems like again it's let's give the big teams that power that they should have and that's the only way we're going to pull them out should they have it hey Beats me, I'm going I'm, I'm to ask, I'm asking you that question. Why should these big clubs have power if they're not even the top clubs in their, in their countries? Dude, I don't have an answer for you because my answer is going to go back to money and what you bring in to the league. Whatever they're going to give to these teams, they're going to get back or more. And that's the thing. These are how, how, okay, here, here it is. How are they going to invest in these clubs and get back double what they've put in? That's what it is. How is JP Morgan by the end of the day uh, spending, let's say, a billion dollars and receiving two billion back to, to do something else with that money? That's the thing. Is well, these clubs are fit pay, they just and have built. to pay J, JP Morgan the same loan over twenty three years? Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Twenty three somehow you for... somehow have to make up that money in twenty three years, which is. I don't think it's a big feat. Not for these clubs. But again, it depends on if they're going to make money. <laughs> they probably will. But the problem because is, that's how... but again, like as I said, they go into this Super League, they don't get the Champions League revenue. They don't get the domestic revenue. You're playing less games because there won't be any League Cup, let's be honest. They won't be able to play in any of their international, or not international, um, they won't be able to play in any of their domestic cups. Mm. So you're losing out on over half of your games by joining this league. Because let's let's take a United, for instance, right? Right. They play 38 games in the league. How many other games in competition do these guys play in a season? At least. Depends on how far they make. Maybe, let's say, 8 to 10. But let's, let's say normal season for United, 
mm-hmm. they're probably they get out of the group stage in either the Champions League or Europa, right? right. So that's eight games or seven, six games six. there plus another two because they get they get to the next round. So at the bare right. minimum, they're playing eight. That's what I said. Yeah. Right. Okay. Domestic cups. And you got yeah, how many cups? There's three cups in England. Two. Two. We got uh, Carabao cup, and Carabao. League, League Cup is Carabao. Yeah, so League Cup, FA. I swear there was another That's one. It. Okay, whatever. Not anymore. They got rid of it. Okay. United, pretty sure they win at least two games in both of those. Usually yeah, how it works out. Depend, depending on. So, bare minimum, 12 games. At okay. most, pushing 25. At least 50 plus games a season. Roughly. So you're losing almost half of your games by joining this league. You know, they talk you're about injuries 40%. and keeping players. Well, you, you talk about injuries and keeping players fresh. Well, all these players are not going to be doing anything. They're going to be bored. They're not playing internationally. They're not going to... What are they going to be doing? They're going to be sitting on their asses. I'm sorry, but like, what do they have to pay for? And the even better part, ready for this, Irfan? You lose all of the broadcast rights for your domestic league. So we'll, we'll carry that into the Super League. Fine. Domestic league broadcast rights are the Super League rights. Great. Mm-hmm. Now you lose out on the rights for the Carabao Cup. You lose out on the rights for the FA Cup. You lose out on the rights for the Champions League or Europa. That's a huge chunk of change that you just lost. So what it is. So where it is. Yeah. And they, some, I, I no. get that the money, I understand where they were trying to go with this. I do. I get where they were trying to go with it. They did not do a good job of it. I don't know. That's my opinion. I want to hear if you have any differing thoughts on that, but that's what, that's the way I see it. It's about how much money can I put in my pocket at the end of the day and not how do I invest it into helping things? How do I invest it into academies? How do I invest it into the women's game? For example, how do I invest it into the youth system? So we're not just plucking, uh, you know, plucking players up from South uh, Southampton every year, you know, you're, you're developing within, you know, we haven't had a great United class. And don't get me wrong, we've had some good players come out of our system. But that 92 class was special. Yeah, but that and 92 we, class was special across all teams. That but I'm just saying that class. If we, could, if we can invest at that level, could we have another 92 class? We could. Yeah, we could. But again, it's, it's where are you investing? Why are you not investing in things where, you know, you, you, you're going to gain people's respect? So that's where we're at. Uh, I did mention that I wanted to talk to you quickly about this. Juventus uh, boss, big boy, Andrea Aganelli. Um, I just have one thing to say about this guy. This is the same person who's trying to find, found a way to like not pay Gonzalo Higuain's salary and, and transfer fee <laughs> over the course of like four or five years, right? That's what his plan was to kind of like split up payments. This is the same guy that's going to be making money and trying to make money uh, i i just think something's fishy this is a guy who doesn't want to play ronaldo's salary but wants to go to a power league so he can make money to try and bring these players like, i don't know i just I, when i read uv's name and i feel that you know see him as the vice chairman and someone who's supported ufo for such a long time um and not being able to actually afford money and afford players to to get to the next stage and he's one of them i i just found it fucking ridiculous Let's also add in the fact that Juventus isn't even top three in the Italian league. No. Juventus currently sits fourth. Yes. 
And yet they're one of three teams from the Italian League going. First and second, Inter and AC, who have had great seasons. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And Juventus is currently sitting fourth. Yeah, I don't see that's I don't the get fun it. though. I don't get it. That's the fun of the leagues currently is the fact that you know we mentioned this on Saturday as well. You can have a Leicester City be in third or a West Ham be fourth or an Atalanta jump over you in, in third. Freaking Sevilla win. is challenging for the La Liga. Don't forget Leicester City won a few years ago, Irfan. Like no, but what I'm just saying, these teams are coming up, they're fighting, they're playing every game well. I don't understand how you can tell me that there's no competition within this. If if this is the reason why they're trying to build this, that's not league. why. That's not why. It's money. The only reason that it is money. No, I know, and I've said it. I've just I'm just trying to you know give you another answer, except for the fact that it's change in a pocket. Well, are, are they no trying to fight answer, for Unfortunately, I wish there was another answer. There's no other answer. Um, well, this is going to be a, a story that we follow for the foreseeable future and it's going to be interesting to see so we'll keep you updated i'm sure we're going to talk about it on saturday too with kyle because there's going to be more coming out this week um more and more the one thing i wanted to end on is the big report that came out just before you and me actually jumped on um so the super league chief is actually the guy from real madrid uh, president of real madrid florentino perez and he says that these teams won't be facing UEFA Champions League bans, even though UEFA fully came out and said that they were going to be facing Champions League bans. Um, but the one that really got me is that they also said that the contract is binding. We are going to find a way to work with all the teams that we have, but they can't get out of the contract. So these 12 teams signed a contract. 12 teams that we talked about, we did not the Bundesliga teams, not PSG, not the French League. The 12 teams that we talked about have signed a contract. What does that mean moving forward? We don't know. We will find out. I just wanted to leave you with that, folks. Um, make sure you follow Irfan and myself this week. I'm sure there's going to be a lot coming out. Make sure you follow Touchline Thoughts, uh, Touchline TH on Twitter, because I'm sure Irfan and uh, – the, the team over there is going to be doing a lot of retweeting and commenting on things as they sort of come out um, more diplomatic than probably what you'll see on my timeline. Well, from touchline, it'll be diplomatic. And then That's what I mean. Touchline will be diplomatic. My timeline will not be. If you want entertainment, go to me. Uh, at Nick McVicker. If you want to follow Irfan, it's at Irfan Manji. Um, this is going to be an involving story. We will have all the evolutions of it as it comes around. Thank you for listening. We know this was an odd day to kind of bring you guys in. We want to thank you. We will see you Saturday.